0: Welcome to Indie Business Podcast, where we empower you to break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love. I'm your host, Donna Maria, from IndieBusinessNetwork.com, and today's show is sponsored by Online Labels, where you can shop the largest selection of blank labels for your products at guaranteed low prices. Learn more at OnlineLabels.com. Well, today's show guest is Scott Birkin. He is the author of several books, including his latest, the Year Without Pants, WordPress.com, and The Future of Work. Scott is the owner is the author of four popular books, Making Things Happen, The Myths of Innovation, Confessions of a Public Speaker, and Mindfire, Big Ideas for Curious Minds. His work as a writer and speaker has appeared in The Washington Post, The New York Times, Wired, The Economist, Fast Company, and Forbes, and also on CNBC, MSNBC, CNN, National Public Radio, and other media. His many popular essays and entertaining lectures can be found for free on his blog at com and he tweets at Birkin. I'm so excited to have you today. Welcome to our show, Scott. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so i got to say, um, I've, I've tweeted a couple of pictures of the cover of your book, the Year Without Pants, and The Red Underwear. So I need to hear the story behind The Red Underwear before we start with anything else.
1: <laughs> We're going straight to the underwear? Is that how this works? Yeah, straight
0: to the underwear, Scott. Let's go. <laughs>
1: well, the, the, the underwear follows from the title. So the book's called The Year Without Pants, which has a couple of different meanings. One meaning of the title is the fact that the company that I spent a year working for on this little adventure, Com, every employee works remotely. So that means that you don't have an office that you share. You can work from any place you want. And so of the 180 employees at the company right now, they're distributed in probably 30 or 40 different countries around the world. So the title is a a joking reference to the fact that I had to work at a place that wasn't really a place. But there's other meanings for the title too. Uh, So As you mentioned, I'm an author. I'm one of these people who gives a lot of speeches about – business and creative thinking, and I felt like I was becoming someone who spent a lot of time giving advice, although it had been a long time since I had taken any advice. I hadn't actually created a product or started a company or done any of these things in a very long time, and I thought I was losing my sense of credibility. I I don't know how someone can give advice to other people confidently if they haven't done that thing in five years or ten years. So the challenge of the book was to go back into the workforce as one of these expert people, and um, see what I could really do. Have a, a year that was naked in the sense that I couldn't stand on the sidelines as a consultant anymore. I had to get back in the middle of things and find out what I was good at and what I ha- what has changed since the last time I had a job. So Scott, let me let me ask you this
0: because I there's a blog out there and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head where there is a guy who. Every year or so, like goes, travels to a different country, applies for some jobs, and starts working there, doing whatever they do in that country. Is this something that came as an idea because you saw someone else do it, or what was it that thought made you think you could go? Oh, I'm just gonna go work somewhere for a year for this reason. Is that something you recommend other people do? And, and how did you make that happen?
1: Um, well, uh, it, is, it is something I recommend other people do, but the, let me answer the, the, the first question first. The, the um, I spent a decade as a manager guy. I managed teams of people, and I had what was a more conventional job. And I recall going to events and reading books by people who, in reading the book, it was clear that they had never done the thing that they're proclaiming to be an expert about. And mm-hmm. many of the people who are famous as being experts. It's been, it's, it's, it's been such a very long time since I've actually done that thing, and that, that always rubbed me the wrong way. And then as I, and when I quit that job about a decade ago to become a writer, it had always been in the back of my mind that I need to find ways, if I want to have high integrity as a consultant or as a speaker, I have to find ways to test my own credibility, that it's too easy once you're on the sidelines and you're, you're writing books and you're giving lectures and you're on a, a TV shows or like right now, and I'm on a radio show as an expert. It's too easy to do that without having um, really experienced those things. And I think you lose touch. So I'd always had it in the back of my mind once I started this career as an author. that periodically I need to find ways to, to check my own, to, to, to check myself and see how much of what I preach do I actually practice. And my experience is, my experience was wonderful. I mean, it was very challenging It was hard to go back into the workplace with people who are much younger than me. I'm 41 years old, and the average age at WordPress.com is probably 25 or 26. And the way they work is very different. They don't use email very much because they're remote workers. That changes a whole bunch of the dynamics in how coworkers and teams are structured. So I found it very challenging. But now after that year, I have a renewed sense of what work is and how work is changing, and that is dramatically improving the quality of the advice I can give people who are actually in the in the workforce trying to make it themselves. Are you going to do it again? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I, I would definitely consider doing it again. I think that uh, what I had planned to be, as many of your listeners know, since I believe there are many more entrepreneurs and people who start businesses and projects. I had planned for this to be literally a year. It ended up taking about three years. I worked at the company for about a year and a half, which is longer than I had intended, and then writing the book, as book projects often take, took longer than intended. So this was about a three-year project, and -hmm. I have many books I want to write. So I'm certainly open to the idea of doing an experiment like this every five or ten years, but in the short term, I have lots and lots of books that I know I want to write.
0: Right, so you can't spread yourself too thin. And I love what you said, Scott, about um, reading books from so-called experts, um, and one of the ways you can determine if, if a book or any other piece of, of resource is worth your time is to find out if the person who's sharing with you their tips for doing something has actually done it themselves or is doing it themselves.
1: It's It's surprising how few experts pass that test. And or at least pass the test. They've done it this decade. <laughs> Some people become <laughs> right. famous because of their first career, and then they repeat the selling the same stories again and again from ten years ago, twenty years ago, and um, in lots of cases, especially for something like workplace and entrepreneurship, things change, and yeah. they are out of touch with how they changed.
0: That's such a good point. You do you do have to keep doing it and keep up with technology. I love how even some books some that that teach you things are updated on their own, either online or someplace else where a community of purchasers can have some place to go where they can look for updates on the book when you when you can't publish the book again. So that's a, a great tip. So I love what you said. First of all, you said I went to work for a little company called WordPress and with uh, under a couple hundred employees, I think you said it is it is little by many standards, but WordPress is a huge deal for entrepreneurs and For those of you listening, I want to recommend Scott's book for many reasons, not the least of which is there's a story in there about how WordPress got started. And I don't know another WordPress user who actually knows that story. So thank you so much for sharing that because I was one of those users, and now I know how it got started. I have a much better insight into how the company works. But one of the things your book talks about, Scott, is results trumping traditions. What I want to ask you about is, Um, how can entrepreneurs today, creative entrepreneurs in particular who may have, you know, read some old dusty books on entrepreneurship and how to do things and how you're supposed to do things and what kind of mindset you're supposed to have, um, and how they can approach this idea of, you know, traditions eh, may be good, maybe not, but results are even better. Share with us your thoughts on that and how we can incorporate that mindset into our businesses, Scott.
1: Sure. Uh, The the book focuses on working culture in specific, and asks the question about why we have dress codes, why we have nine to five working hours. There are these things that we've just inherited over time in traditional workplaces that you can't. You if you look for it, you won't find scientific evidence that says working from nine to five is the best way to design a working day. It just doesn't exist. It's just something we've inherited that we, we grow to get used to, and then once people are in charge, they just continue that same tradition. So the book, beyond even the story of WordPress or my story, asks this larger question about how do you decide what thing you're going to do? How do you decide what thing you put your trust in, whether you're a manager at a big company or an entrepreneur, is the difference between the thing that's traditional and the thing that actually works. And so my, my advice for your listeners is very simple is to look at your business from that perspective. What is the result that you're trying to achieve? Is it increasing sales? Is it increasing traffic to your website? Whatever mm-hmm. the result is that you want, that should be the basis by which you decide how to go about it. And technology changes so so quickly. And that's not, that's not to say that the new technology is necessarily a better thing, but there's definitely change, which means there's other ways of trying to get work done or trying to achieve any goal. And one of the things I'm constantly – so I worked at WordPress for WordPress.com for a year and I spent a lot of time studying blogs and bloggers and which ones were successful or not. And one of the things that people, even who are using WordPress, are surprised to learn is how, how easy it's become to test out your ideas. It's become very easy to test out the, the name of your company, the name of your product, to test the logo that you have for your for your site or for the your, your logo for the for the entire brand that you have, it's become very easy to test those things. And by test, I mean you can go and actually make two versions of the same thing, and through your WordPress blog or through other web services, go and have pay a small amount of money to have a 50 or 100 people come by and look at the mm-hmm. two of them and pick the one that they like better. That's a very untraditional way to go about making a decision. But if your goal is to have a logo or a name for your product or even just a name for your blog that's going to be more popular, there's a much faster way to get that than the traditional way of hiring a consultant or asking your friends or asking your people you used to work with. And so the best advice I can give is to, to be open about trying new things and trying different ways to solve problems. So much of what we do is to repeat the same thing that we learned 10 years ago and wonder why it doesn't work. We should be experimenting and trying different methods. It's the only way that progress can really happen.
0: That's a great point. It reminds me of of something that's actually happening right now in our IndieBusinessNetwork.com member Facebook group where a member just did what you did. She put up two uh, images of labels that she's considering. And and after a few days, there were something like 50 comments and feedback from other people who are in her industry giving her feedback and, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down on those different labels. So that's a perfect example of what you're talking about uh, in a small group environment to get that kind of peer feedback and, and then move sure. and not wait, you know, months or whatever uh, for, you know, traditional means to tell you whether it works or not.
1: Yeah, uh, there, there is, there's risks, of course, of doing that. You're not always going to get, useful feedback, and sometimes the opinions that people offer are not the same as what your customers would do, but the cost in terms of actual time to get that kind of information is very small. It would just take an hour or two, you post it on your Facebook group or wherever, and the Mm -hmm. feedback comes in, and if you don't agree with all of it, that's fine. You don't have to use it, but by trying a different method that gives you that kind of information quickly, it's going to lead you on the path to results much faster than simply assuming that the way that you learned how to make that kind of decision is the best way.
0: And and certainly, no matter what, you're going to get some input that results in some sort of idea that you didn't think of, whether it's directly related to your labels or not. So getting that kind of input is is absolutely priceless. I want to talk to you for a bit about blogging, because you know an awful lot about it. And, of course, (laughs) creative entrepreneurs – almost everyone knows what a blog is and you know, not that many fewer people actually have a blog, but whether they actually use it is another issue. So I know in in part of your book, and again I want to refer everyone here, um, starting at around page one hundred and twelve, you talk about what happens when people start a blog and you went from, you know, a blog to abandon the blog, to blog a draft, abandon the draft until, you know, four four iterations later you actually have a blog post and you're waiting for the world to come, and no one shows up. There's crickets chirping. I, because you've been involved um, on the level that you have with with WordPress and working with bloggers who have to deal with that, oh, my goodness, I just spent an hour on this and no one's paying any attention. What are your words of encouragement, Scott, for, for bloggers who are going through this and, and business owners in particular that are going through this? Because blogging is so critical, and you have a handle on that. What can you tell our listeners to get them through that hump where no one's listening until they can create an audience that can help promote their business?
1: Yeah, this is uh, the, the, the the book, Year Without Pants follows my year working there. And one of the jobs that I had, that my team had, was figuring out this problem how to help new bloggers and, and studying the experience that new bloggers have when they, they decide, yeah, I should have a blog, and they go and create it and and what happens, and, and why so few of them are successful, or so many people just give up along the way. And um, the, the best advice I give I give people, especially to people who are starting a new company or they're starting a new blog, is not to worry so much about the blog. There, there's this there's this weird sense that everyone has that the internet is waiting for their blog and you know, on the or their website. The, the word blog is people shouldn't get hung up on that word. It's basically just a, a kind of website. That they're all. The the differences between these these definitions isn't really that important. But people assume that the Internet is this enormous place with all this traffic, and on the day they hit publish, on the day they finally pick the right theme and they have it all, and if they write their first post and hit publish, that everybody on the planet is going to show up and read their thing. And that means there's a lot of pressure involved about what they're going to write about and how they're going to express it and how perfect it has to be. And the reality is the complete opposite. That Yes, the, the the web is a big place and there's lots of people looking to read stuff. But on the day that a new blog exists, there's nobody reading it. No one even is even going to know that it's there. So that means that the bar for entry is low. It, it shouldn't take you a lot of energy or effort to go and put together a website or a blog. You can, it's something you can improve easily as you're working and, and putting more energy and time into it. I encourage people, blogs are free. You can go to wordpress.com right now, and in 15 seconds, you can go and create a blog. You can publish to at any time. So that's that's easy. That that requires no effort and no work. And you can pick a theme that comes with uh, 50 or 60 built-in themes that are also free. You can go and pick from those. And I encourage people, so if you're going to start a blog, you want to build an audience, it's going to take you as a writer a little bit of a time to sort out what it is you're going to say and how you're going to say it. There doesn't, there's not a whole lot of sense in asking people to come visit your your blog if there's just one post on it that says, welcome to my blog. That's just a lousy experience for someone to come by and experience. It's a waste of whatever attention you can get for your, for your work. What you want to do instead is post once, post twice, post three times until you have a sense of what it is you're trying to write and how you want to craft your message. And only once you've figured some of that out do you want to, pull the plug on whatever advertising or whatever whatever you can do to get attention for this thing that you've made. But until then, it, it, there's there's nothing really to worry about until you until you've created enough content that it's worthy of someone coming by and spending time on.
0: Scott, I I always think of a blog as first and foremost a personal development tool because you do have to cheer yourself on for a while when no one's there. Um, it's such an accomplishment to write a blog post even if no one else reads it. And if you treat your blog as like a personal diary of your business, then you can't lose because six months, eight months from now, when you do have an audience, they get to see the background of your business. They get to get to know you in a way that they wouldn't otherwise do, and that will create the kind of trust to keep you going, right? So blogging is, is, is developing yourself as a business leader, whether anybody reads it or
1: not, Right. Absolutely, yeah, of course. I think that, uh, that there's, there's personally, there's psychological advantages to, to journaling of any kind. Even if you don't publish it, just keeping a record of what you thought that day, why you made a certain decision, because that gives you the benefit of, of a history. You can go mm-hmm. back in time, and why did I make this decision, and go back and look at that. So even if people are afraid of blogging or publishing, if you're starting on any new venture, any new entrepreneurial venture, having some kind of journal, I think, is incredibly valuable. No one else yeah. can provide you that data about what you were thinking and how you got yourself set on the path that you're on. But in terms that, of the blog itself, right. you're, you're totally in terms of the blog itself. You're totally right that once people do find you, they do love your product. If, if you've written, if you've been writing once a week for the first five months your business existed, that's fascinating mm-hmm. background that people want to know about how you yeah. made those decisions or even what was on your mind. Or it could even be as simply this is where people people people's egos get the better of them, but they feel that every blog post they write has to be some creative masterpiece where there's, you know right. It's, 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 it's seven paragraphs long and it's it's all new theories yeah. on business. No. It can be very yeah. simple. It could even be a list of the five of oh, the five things that you read that day that yeah. helps you think about what you're trying to do. It can be very, I very that. simple. And the more blogs that you you look at out there, even including some of the popular ones, are very very simple in the kinds of content that they publish.
0: Thank you for that. Simplicity reminder. In in the few minutes that we have left, Scott, I want to ask you about this, and this dovetails with the topic, the title of your book, which is Working Without Your Pants On. Or yeah. So <laughs> I have to go back to that. I don't know why. I just I just love the red underwear image. Um, Your book talks a lot about life without email. So in the context of what we're talking about here, which is working virtually, creative entrepreneurs can make great use of virtual assistance and other virtual help. So here's a specific question I have for you. What are your resources or tips for creative entrepreneurs who want to work with someone virtually but not use email? Are there are there cloud based programs that you recommend for us to be able to communicate with our team when we're not together? Can you share some, if any?
1: Yeah, yeah. so uh, the, um, I, have nothing, I have nothing against email. I think e- email is great for certain problems and certain situations. But we all know we've ended up on these email conversations, especially in traditional workplaces, where we're just buried in stuff we don't need to know that people keep sending us and we feel obligated to be on the distribution list, and we're just buried in it. And so WordPress.com tries to flip that around by not forcing email as the primary tool. And individual employees are free to use other tools with their teammates or with any kind of communication that they choose to. They're free to, like, this, this harkens back to the traditions versus results conversation. People are open to try different tools, and in some cases different tools work better. Now, specific to your question about entrepreneurs and working with working with people who are providing services to them. There's a very popular set of tools that are similar to what I used at WordPress.com. There's um, tools that allow you to use the web as a way to provide, send messages back and forth on on projects. And instead of of it being based on email, there's simply a web page you go to that lists the chronology of all the conversations and all the documents Mm -hmm. that are posted. A a popular one of these tools is called Basecamp, which is incredibly popular. I don't know how many of your listeners have heard of it, but it's it's a very popular tool that web-based teams and also people who are working individually and entrepreneurially with each other use instead of email. And it solves many of the problems that email has. It allows Mm -hmm. you to always have a searchable archive of all the communication. It allows you to have a URL instead of uh, putting stuff, cramming stuff away in folders. It allows you to have a, a URL to access the same instance of any message at any time and send that to somewhere else. So Basecamp is probably the most popular tool like that. Uh, at WordPress.com, we use something else that was based, surprise, it was based on WordPress. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. blogging theme called P2, which is similar to this thing called Basecamp that provides an alternative. But I'm not, I'm P2 not an P2 as email. in P is
0: in person and then the number two?
1: Yes. What is it? P, P, P is in person and the number two. And that's a okay. free theme that anyone can use. It's a WordPress theme, so you can you can anyone can go and try that out but uh i'm I'm not an anti email zealot. I think that if that's the best thing that works for your situation, that's great. But these days, with how many alternatives there are, including things like Skype that allow you to use instant messaging with people, um, mm-hmm. you really need to explore trying some other alternatives just to see just to understand what it is that your competitors may be using. To understand maybe that there's a, to figure out that there's maybe a faster way to get things done or a more efficient way, and if you don't like those new things, then that's fine. But you owe it to yourself as an entrepreneur and someone who's trying to be progressive, to every now and then try something new and be open-minded about it and see what happens.
0: Excellent, excellent advice from our guest today, Scott Birkin, the author of The Year Without Pants. WordPress.com and the future of work. I hope you got some great tips there for running your business virtually. I sure did. And thank you for those uh, services that you suggested at the end there. Scott, tell us how we can get in touch with you best, follow you, come to some of your book signings, et cetera.
1: So um, as you might, it's not a surprise. I'm a blogger. So everything that you might want to get, any any way you might want to get in touch with me, it's all at my website, which is ScottBurkin.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-B-E-R-K-U-N, as in Nancy, dot com. I have a Twitter account that's active. I have a Facebook page. If you go to my website, you can find all that stuff, including my upcoming book tour in New York and Boston that's taking place next month.
0: Excellent. Well, we'll certainly be looking for you in all those places. And once again, what a great show. And thank you so much for inspiring us and you know, telling us about some things that we can do that are less traditional that can not only advance our businesses more but also ourselves and be a lot more fun because that's what we're all about here at Indie Business Podcast. We don't want to just grow a business. We want to grow our lives, and we want to have a darn good time doing it. Thank you so much, Scott Birkin, for joining us, and thank you listeners for joining us today on Indie Business Podcast. This is Donna Maria from the IndieBusinessNetwork.com. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, break all the rules build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.